Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Hello, everyone. It's Hugh Ballou again for the Nonprofit Exchange. I'm the founder and president of Center Vision Leadership Foundation. It's the synergy of a common vision built around transformational leadership, which was modeled after the military. You can't micromanage people when you're out there doing important stuff. It's sort of like the conductor in a concert. So we build high-performing cultures. And if we're going to be successful in, in the church, nonprofit, synagogue world, in the educational world, it's about building the skills as a leader, building our team. So our motto is transforming leaders, transforming organizations, transforming lives. And my guest today is Kathy Galowitz. She's the founder of a very special organization. And we're going to talk about caring for veterans today through our through our religious organizations, but I don't think it's limited to that. So Kathy, tell people a little bit about who you are and why you do this important work. Hello, hello to all our listeners and Hugh Ballou. Gosh, I love your mission statement of transforming lives. And that is what Vanguard Veteran and me is all about. Quickly, a little bit about my background. I grew up as a Navy brat, so to speak, uh, traveling around the world, moving in the middle of my junior year in high school to from Fairfax, Virginia to Keflavik, Iceland. Wow, was that a shock for me from a class of 400 to a class of 30. But, you know, you learn to make the best of things. And uh, and that that and other highly being highly mobile really um you know, shaped me as a person and as a leader. I, I joined the Air Force. My dad was Navy, but I joined the Air Force as a nurse. Dad paid for nursing school because I really wanted to serve and, and take advantage of all the other benefits of military service. I was in nursing and public affairs. The crowning achievement of my career was to build a statewide outreach office for the Ohio National Guard to educate and engage civilians in support of troops and their families. And it was really important because 9-11 had happened and our reserve components, particularly the guard, was deploying like no time in our nation's history. So the needs of our people really, really um, increased from an employment standpoint, as well as from a faith standpoint. So Vanguard Veteran was started in 2017, and my mission there is to equip volunteers to become military ministry leaders. A little bit more background, if I may, Hugh. This idea started with the Department of Veterans Affairs. They understood, I don't know, maybe 2011-ish, uh, that the, the, the role of the civilian citizenry, the civilian clergy... <clears throat> was absolutely critical because the, the military chaplains, the veteran chaplains just could not do all the work that was needed to really promote optimal return to wellness and spiritual well-being, which is a huge component of healing. Uh, so they embarked on educating civilian pastors or civilian clergy from you know all or any denomination. And then through my work on a, as a nonprofit in Ohio and my own experience, 
really began to understand how critical it is that volunteers lead this effort in partnership with the clergy at their place of worship, because clergy, they're already over-resourced and under, uh, you know, just have so many demands. And so if you can empower a volunteer to lead this grassroots effort, wow, can you change lives and make a difference? So that's kind of the background. How's that, how's that, how's that for uh, answering that question? That's not bad. That's not bad. It's, it's awesome, actually. So um, oh. I, I served with a chaplain in the army uh, during the Vietnam era. And it was, I had hazardous duty in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Oh, wow. Working with a chaplain, but it was important duty because people had come back emotionally damaged from Vietnam mm-hmm. and the important work of the chaplain, but then they got out and there was a vacuum. There was a vacuum that, that wasn't, and some of the numbers I, I read about the number of homeless veterans, the number with ADHD, I mean, um, what is PTSD. that? PTSD. That's it. Yeah, PTSD. that's it. Some of those letters. <laughs> yeah. And and how many commit suicide every day because they yeah. can't. So there's a big gap in what we're called to do, even in community charities. There are community charities for veterans, but they're not really making a dent. And this is over and above uh, the work that the government does. We have the VA and, and all of that, but there's a huge, huge need. So what are what are um, it's probably all across the country, isn't it? Um, the opportunity to build a military ministry, yes, is all across the country. This notion of equipping volunteers, I think, is you know pretty unique um, and a, a, a tremendous opportunity for civilian clergy to really identify those volunteers in their congregation who might be well suited to do that. Before we go further, um, Hugh, I'd like to you know touch base quickly on why faith communities are ideally suited to support military connected people. And for, first of all, it stems from, you know, when we're in uniform, the, 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 the military chaplain is a, a place of confidentiality, is a, a, a person who boosts morale and welfare and is, is really just a safe place. And so we come out of military service with a high regard for the role of a clergy member and, and, and appreciate and honor how they can counsel us, uh, encourage us, and help us build spiritual resiliency. So that's one thing. The other thing is, you know, research shows that uh, people generally, not just veterans, are four to five times more likely to approach their clergy with an issue of concern than they are, if you will, a behavioral health provider. Nothing against these great behavioral health providers, but you know, I think the access to clergy is probably a little bit easier. Certainly the, the pay structure is, is not there. And, and there's probably an already existing relationship with that, that clergy and their congregation. And congregations are highly hospitable, right? I mean, that's what we do. We, we, we do the Lord's work. We, we bring people into the fold and we, and we, you know, uh, serve through our, um, practical ways to, you know, really, um, you know, get to know people and then hopefully, you know, help promote their spiritual resiliency. Um, And so those are some of the key reasons that clergy and civilian congregations are well suited to do this. The key is to find a volunteer who has a heart for military members, knows a little bit about military culture, has a strong partnership with their pastor or clergy member, rabbi, 
and is, is willing to roll up their sleeves and do some great grassroots volunteer work and bring people together. You know, those people exist and maybe it's back, back a little bit. I find that people who are not engaged in activities don't understand why it's important. Hmm. I think there's, there's a building a grassroots effort. Let's, let's talk about that. It it could be community-based. There are a lot of people running nonprofits that are faith-based leaders, even though it's not for the purpose of worship or having church or any of those, but there's a service aspect. And so I, I served churches uh, from 120 members to 12,000. And the larger the church is, the more of these ministries they could have. Sure. But the more they had, the more it invigorated the life of the church. So there's yep. a, there's a win-win here. Now, um, some churches are stretched a lot to get things done right now. So how do we get a grassroots movement started? <clears throat> Maybe if it's not with a church, it might be with a group of churches that are close together. Maybe absolutely. Maybe church synagogue or different different denominations. What do right. you think? <clears throat> so one of my um, heroes is a, a deacon in the Columbus Catholic Diocese who started a non-denominational regional military ministry focused on prayer and pairing. He met, he'd meet one-on-one with uh, veterans who had left military service and their, and there's their significant other or their spouses. And then uh, through prayer and pairing with people in the community of the same military branch, people who are transitioned and doing pretty well through their transition. I mean, just, just that simple, not so simple, but that effort, um, really does matter. And for and a, a Catholic church built a non-denominational uh, home, place of connection for people in their county. Uh, interestingly, in, in my small community in, uh, in the Southwest in Fountain Hills, Arizona, we started a faith community in one non-denominational church and then reached out to a uh, another non-denominational church of, of greater magnitudes and size. And he, and the pastors were wonderful. There's like, it's not about our, our particular building. It's about how we can serve the, the veterans in our community. Uh, interestingly, this, this pastor from the larger congregation had had time just like you serving in the Colorado Springs area. And his report to me was, okay, how do we separate faith you know, church and state, because he was used to working, you know, near the active duty bases. And there's a lot of restrictions about what you can do, where you can donate money, what you can't do. It's, it's, it's kind of frustrating, if you will. But I said to the, the both pastors at our meeting recently, hey, this is our opportunity to build a community-wide, uh, uh, non-denominational, grassroots spiritual place of connection and belonging without those restrictions. And so we are embarking on this wonderful experiment where there's really not a military base. And that's really an ideal place to do this. It's, it's a little bit more rural. Um, but the first step is to figure out who amongst you has served, is serving, and wants to support them. So, you know, making announcements in the in the bulletin, making announcements from uh, the pulpit, 
uh, encouraging people who want to get involved to, you know, maybe wear their Air Force baseball cap to to church, or maybe it's not great to have a hat in church, but, you know, maybe, um, you know, have a t-shirt or, you know, something that distinguishes you as military to draw other military people out. That takes some effort and some planning. I'm looking at the um, the image behind you. Tell us about, is that a book? That is my book. The title is Beyond Thank You for Your Service, the Veteran Champion Handbook for Civilians. One of the chapters focuses on the faith community leaders, primarily people in Ohio, like this deacon I mentioned, and others who uh, have built military ministries. One quick story, mm, tags at your heart. A pastor of a small church said, we always loved our military, but we didn't get engaged until we experienced a tragedy. And that tragedy was that the, the choir director's son was killed in action. And so the parents of this killed in action uh, soldier got very engaged in trying to support other military members in the community. And, you know, that can be done in hundreds of different ways. Uh, what we do in my in Vet Connect in Fountain Hills is we have monthly fellowship meetings. And that's about, you know, what the group wants right now. But you can, and we're starting to do some service projects. You can certainly support a local military base, their family readiness program, uh, support deployment ceremonies or welcome home ceremonies. Um, you can study different programs. There's a great We Are Stronger program by Crew Military that talks all about what is PTSD. There are manuals for you know, trauma recovery that are specifically focused on combat veterans. And there's groups that specifically focus on military spouses of combat veterans. You know, we can we can dive into, you know, having vertical marriages or, you know, how to how to figure out what your purpose in life is. I mean, it doesn't all have to be military focused, but the, the beautiful thing, Hugh, is that when you bring military people together, we get each other. Where the, the kind of the walls come down, you know, pretty much we have something in common and a common thread, you know, love of country being one of them more often than not. And you know, sharing experiences, um, and so military people more often than not are are, are more willing to open up and share, uh, and um, and be authentic in in presence of other military people because most of our service members, especially those who've experienced combat, forty percent of those who've experienced combat have a real tough time regaining their spirituality and finding meaning and purpose. 55% of Iraq and Afghanistan veterans feel highly disconnected from mainstream America. I heard it described one time like this, that when people come back from military service, whether you've served four years or 24 years, they feel like they're entering a foreign country with a foreign language and, 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 and they, they just don't feel understood. So if we can do anything, do something to decrease isolation. Cause you know what? Military people don't ask for help. They don't ask for help. So right. bringing them together in a military ministry reduces isolation, promotes connection. And I believe 
will help curb veteran suicide. It's all about finding that leader who has some leadership skills, some competence, some willing to step outside and say, hey, let's get together and see how we can help each other. And then as the leaders do, figuring out who can do what, don't taking it all on yourself, right? And um, responding to the needs of your group. I think that's one of the big reasons we have such burnout with clergy and nonprofit leaders. They take on yeah. too much. And that's one of the inaccuracies of how we perceive leadership. Um, so I want to ask you about starting and, and keeping a program going. But before that, um, there's there's the word veteran on the book, and then you're saying military. So to me, uh, military is active duty and veteran is, yeah. is somebody's been discharged. Yes, you know, <laughs> that's that's a tough uh, nut to crack, frankly. And I, I just use veteran as sort of a catch-all phrase to, to talk about military-connected people. So uh, any strategies that are covered in the book or that I talk about are certainly you know, appropriate for those service members, military. Veterans, people who have served, spouses, uh, military connected people. Uh, you know, certainly those who have served have been shaped heavily by military culture. And so that's really important to understand. So we're really trying to break down some of that, uh, some of those barriers, some of those stigmas, and foster understandings uh, about, you know, military culture. And, and the book offers practical. Uh, suggestions about how to lead a military ministry and or if you're an employer, healthcare provider, lawyer, mm -hmm. uh, a community leader, uh, or educator, there's different chapters uh, uh, focusing in on what many Ohioans particularly have done as veteran champions. Let's brainstorm a minute. So we, yeah. we got an idea. We know there's a need. We know our church and even our community is not handling that. They're not meeting that need. So um, let's brainstorm some ways to step. How about getting a group of faith leaders? Now, this does not have to come from the pastor or the rabbi, getting a, or the priest. It, you get a group of faith leaders together and talk about what the need is. I think the first, first uh, piece of information people should understand is why it's needed. Yep. And then what are the alternatives? And many of the alternatives are not good. And, you know, including the 22, well, 22 suicides a day. And then what are some potential areas of work? So then start the conversation. And in the conversation, we probably ought to have some military culture people in the conversation to understand, help us understand the culture. Am I, am I on target? Okay. Uh, yes. Let's talk about the why a little bit more. I talked about uh, when people leave military service, 40% have difficult time regaining spirituality or meaning and purpose. 55 generally percent are feel disconnected. So fostering a sense of belonging is huge now. And, and that's what a layman, a layman can really handle, frankly. Okay, I'm a nurse, but you don't have to be a nurse or a pastor or a counselor to do this uh, grassroots fellowship building kind of work, right? But there's more why. The why is that some veterans and their families struggle with post-traumatic stress disorder. The VA states that Iraq and Afghanistan veterans, about 20% have PTSD. That means 80% don't, okay? But more than likely, you may run into, you know, some people who are struggling, hurting people go to places of worship to get support. 
So PTSD is something that you need to be aware of. You don't have to fix, okay? You, you know a little bit about veteran community resources. You have a partnership with your clergy member if you get uncomfortable. And together you figure out, you know, what might next steps might be. And then certainly there's things like, um, uh, you know, traumatic brain injury, um, you know, uh, you know, um, substance abuse, uh, the things that, that many of us, marital, marital strife, grief and loss. And, you know, I mentioned those things, but I don't want to say those things to scare people away because um, I, I, I don't want to be a counselor. I want to be a friend and an encourager. It's grassroots. I can, I'm a decent listener. Okay. So having some listening skills is important. Um, but, but the why is fostering that sense of belonging, encouragement, support, and friendship, because that's what a lay person can, can do well. If, if they really care about uh, the, the military connected population. Let me highlight a couple of things. You, you hit on some very key things. We don't have to fix things. There you go. You know, the, um, I can't trace the source of this, but the listening piece you said, listening is so close to loving. You yeah. can hardly, hardly tell the difference. Yeah. And, you know, being present. Now, some of these, these conditions that and problems you described or symptoms of the population at large. So yes. what, what makes it different with military connected people? Uh, okay. Well, the difference is that we get each other, that we we bond, we're willing to bond more often than not with people who can, we can relate to. I mean, that's just people generally, right? Um, and, you know, the, 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 the most unique thing is, you know, being highly mobile, uh, being super proud of, you know, serving in, in, in uniform and, you know, uh, many, you know, combat veterans who need each other to, to be able to support one another and bring people to help somehow uh, a, a big element. And I, and I think uh, in our society, most of us or, or many of us don't like to ask for help, but it's super strong. Stoicism is super strong in the military population. And so if you can get other military people around who have experienced something like what maybe you've experienced, you know, maybe it's combat, maybe it's not combat. If you feel comfortable bringing that person alongside you, then you have more, if you will, battle buddies in the, in, you know, struggling through life or, or, you know, saving your marriage or um, recovering from trauma, whatever, whatever that might be. Well, some of those traits that you listed, um, it occurs to me, you know, when I, in 40 years of ministry work, I led lots of mission trips abroad and we went to give away something, but we got more than we gave away. There you so go. It, it occurred to me that these our communities of faith, our local charities could, could gain something. Thank you. From this culture that we don't have. Thank it, you. This close knit culture. I mean, when you're in, in combat with somebody, you bond. And um, you're working together because your life depends on the relationship. We could learn from each other. So having somebody as a champion. So I want to reiterate what you said. You don't need to be an expert, subject matter expert, or any kind of expert, any of this. You have to, number one, have an understanding. There's, there's, a, there's a ministry here. There's a need here. Number two, a willingness to step up. And three, a willingness to engage others and start in dialogue because we're not fixing problems. We're engaging people in community who then will 
we'll work on the problems together. It's not yes. up to us. Am I hearing you right? Yes, you are. And yet, um, I, I would I, I would contend that it's really valuable to know a little bit about military culture. You know, if you're a military spouse or if you're a military mom, you're going to have a good foundation. If you're if you're not, if you haven't you know, really lived with someone, it's always good to increase your knowledge. And and, and one of the biggest things clearly is that, yeah. uh, and what makes it challenging is that, um, you know, uh, pe people tend to, military people tend to isolate, and it's hard to sometimes get them to participate. So if you can get the spouse there, oftentimes the, um, the, the veteran will come. Well, uh, and that's where the church, the community needs to learn from yes. this. I mean, they, it's it's uh, it's mutually beneficial for us to do these 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 programs. So, when you say this this, what is the the future? How do we say this is going to be successful? This initiative we're taking, this ministry. What are some of the traits of saying yes, we're successful? Okay, but if I may, real quick, I want to define what a veteran champion is, and okay. that is someone who builds mutually beneficial activities and services that promote quality of life, workforce, and community. And when I say quality of life, just like you said, Hugh, wow, how I I contend that you, any 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 citizen who has not served, your life will be richly blessed by understanding and getting to know those people who have served, understanding their commitment, their sacrifice, their values. Um, it kind of just brings tears to my eyes talking about it because we, we are a special group. And um, I, I encourage each and every one of you to take time to connect with veterans and learn from them because you will be richly blessed and, and it'll be a great, a great learning experience. So um, if you're not sure how to do that, there is a, 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 a blog on my website, vanguardveteran.com, how to connect with veterans. Okay, so what does success look like, right? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah, but before we do that, your website, oh. your website, since you just mentioned it, it's vanguardveteran.com. And it looks, yes, sir. people go there just real quick. What will they see and where do you find the blog you just mentioned? Go down, go down, go down. And it will say, um, see more. Here's a, you know, the suicide prevention month. There's a blog on that as great training. I encourage everybody to, uh, okay. to take, keep going, read more PTSD, oh, yeah. older posts. All right. So there's a lot of stuff people can find. Yeah, a lot of resources. And, um, what we do under what we do there on the right, you see the downward arrow, you'll see military ministry there. Um, what we do? Nope. Go to what we do. What we do? A little bit to the right. Uh, what we do? What we do? What we do? The, and then go down. Military lie. ministry builder. Yep. Yep. There you go. Here's um, again the definition of veteran champion. Uh, a quick okay. video. Uh, I have a quiz there for you to take, kind of give you a general sense of where you are on the continuum. Maybe you know what more you could be doing to become a veteran champion. And, um, and when I ask you the why that we talked about is right here. There you so, go. So I want to make sure you get in. What are the uh, what are the traits of a successful ministry? And then um, talking about some of the procedures, because I know from the military, having been there, there's 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 a process, a procedure for everything. We know how things. <laughs> well, OK, this is this is a grassroots thing, right? Yeah. There's no there's minimal structure. You know, the structure evolves from the people involved. Right. Um, and, and so what I think 
a military, a successful military ministry looks like is that people keep coming back. It could be two people. It could be 10 people, number one. Number two, that they are bringing their friends. Uh, this, this last weekend, we had three new people, uh, a, a young gentleman suffering terribly with PTSD. His mom brought him. We had a combat veteran who just came to Christ. He brought another uh, uh, combat veteran that's, you know, going through a divorce and exploring his faith. We had a, 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 a female nurse who had been a, a, a flight nurse uh, and, you know, retired years and years and years ago. And so if people are curious showing up, if people are connecting with each other, if, if they are, uh, we had one gentleman who, um, struggled with PTSD for 20 years, was kind of isolating for a year, Whew. and a pastor, okay, but really struggling with PTSD, he found out about Mighty Oaks, an in-residence program through who the healing power of Christ really helps people struggling with PTSD. He found out about that from another member of our military ministry. Um, so people supporting one another, people wanting to serve together, the, the pastor asking questions and inviting us to participate in other events that are happening at the church. Um, you know, and really it boils down to how are people supporting one another? Because ours is all about fellowship and are people engaged? You know, you, it, it's hard to measure uh, how we prevented this or prevented that, but you can see, measure, and feel, right, the connectivity and the resources that people are pursuing to help them heal. That's that's really uh, what it looks like. And and the and the the pastor, I think, is critical in this, and being supportive and maybe maybe being willing to offer you an opportunity to show a video uh, on Veterans Day or Armed Forces Day, maybe being willing to have a real quick panel discussion about you know how the congregation can be involved in in Veterans Day, maybe allowing you know the the veterans to create a wall of honor uh, to put pictures of all the people who have served or are serving, or um, allowing, encouraging the, the veterans in the military ministry to create a special um, part of a Veterans Day ceremony. Let them take ownership. Let the veterans in your congregation take ownership and do something special in front of the, the, the people that they love and worship with all the time. Uh, that's, that's what really makes me tick, all that right. stuff. They're, it's almost like the veterans are invisible. And, and it's uh, what you're doing. And I find that local charities and churches who are doing ministries outside their walls are reaching out are much more successful than those that are just waiting for people to come to them. Right. So, Can't Kathy, do that. Can't do that. You have, you have, you have piqued my appetite for this whole project. And uh, so we're coming to the end of this really helpful interview. This is a paradigm shift. Like I promise people, you know, this is things you don't know. You think you know, but no, you don't. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a an energy field which we need to do in our country. So we do. Thank you. As we're leaving, if you have a tip or challenge or comment you want to leave people with, please consider how you can contribute in the healing of people who have served in the military, because the wounds are there, whether they're spoken about or not. It doesn't mean that 
it's PTSD, it could be loneliness, it could be um, being discouraged, it could be, you know, just simple human needs. Please be on the lookout for volunteers in your congregation who, you know, are have a passion for military connected people who maybe have some personal experience with the loss of their own or recovery of their own um, and develop that volunteer, encourage that volunteer and start small with something that the volunteer, you know, is comfortable with. I offer a monthly coaching call the first Sunday of every month called Military Ministries Matters. Vanguard veteran will come alongside those volunteer leaders and equip them and encourage them and support them to stick their neck out and do this. Because, you know, this, this work can be a little bit scary, especially if you haven't been to combat. For instance, I at our first meeting with my pastor and a, a sailor, uh, that was the he, he, my pastor knew what knew really one person who he thought might be real interested in this. The three of us got together and at that first meeting, the sailor told me he deployed multiple times that about 21 of his comrades had committed suicide. Oh my gosh. I had an overwhelming feeling of inadequacy. I, I don't even, I've never even known anybody who committed suicide, let alone lost 20 of my battle buddies, 21 of my battle buddies to suicide. How can I, what can I possibly have to offer that person, right? Well, lean on, lean on your own faith, lean on your leadership skills, take the first step, get out there and do something, bring people together and you will be amazed at the magic that evolves and, and, and how God will provide and, uh, and, and help you uh, do great things for people and help transform lives. And I, again, believe potentially even curbing veteran suicide. Kathy Gallowitz, thank you for this powerful message on the nonprofit exchange today. Thank you for your interest and for being a veteran champion. Thank you for watching the nonprofit exchange. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>